Hey, Beyond the Reiki Gateway listeners, Andrea here with a life-changing opportunity. If you're an empath, intuitive, or a highly sensitive person who struggles with unresolved traumas, physical symptoms, emotional battles, or a deep sense of loneliness, this message is for you. Intuitive healing facilitator, two-time best-selling author, and your past BTRG guest, Dave Markowitz, believes that four primal original wounds, which he calls the four abandonments, could be the root cause of your challenges. Join Dave for a free online event where he'll guide you through these wounds and show you how to start overcoming them. In just one illuminating hour, you'll trace your struggles back to their origins, experience a guided meditation to release their hold on you, and discover how these wounds can actually be catalysts for your healing and growth. To reserve your spot, visit the link in our show notes, newsletter, or on our website's partner page. Don't miss this opportunity to embark on your path of healing and transformation. Isn't it about time? Get to the bottom of it and let Dave help you every step of the way. RSVP now and receive the recording if you can't make it live. We hope to see you there. Welcome beyond the Reiki Gateway. I'm your host, Andrea Kennedy. Like countless others, Reiki found me when I wasn't even looking, and then it ignited a whole new world of questions. This podcast explores topics of interest for the spiritually curious. Join me for discussions and special guests on subjects such as past lives, crystal healing, spiritual awakening, ascension, energy healing, and more, all to assist and inspire you along your unique soul's journey. Welcome to Beyond the Reiki Gateway. I'm your host, Andrea Kennedy, and today I am welcoming Wendy Coulter. She's a certified medical intuitive practitioner, a master certified wellness coach, and founder, CEO of The Practical Path. She selected her company name, The Practical Path, to reflect her mission to fuse spiritual wisdom traditions with constructive, real-world results. She has created intuitive development programs for health and wellness professionals and has trained doctors, nurses, and practitioners from every discipline. Wendy, I'm so delighted that you said yes, and here we are. We get to talk all about medical intuition. This is one of the topics that was early for me on my spiritual journey, and so it holds a special place in my heart, and uh, as I went through that Reiki gateway, Medical intuition really got me curious, and so I'm, I'm really happy that we get to talk about this today. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much, and thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here, Andrea. Absolutely. Way back when, I'll just say, I watched Oprah Winfrey, and I saw Carolyn Mace on that episode that she did, and that's the thing that really introduced me to medical intuition and got my wheels turning, so to speak. But I remember that. <laughs> oh, do you? Yes. I think it was 1998. Yeah. And it was a real lightning moment, you could say, for the field, because I'm not sure it had ever been brought to that level of attention in the United States before, even though it's been around since the dawn of humans. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yes. certainly in recorded history for over 200 years. So it was a wonderful moment. And let me ask you, where were you at that time? When that episode aired, where were you in the field of medical intuition? I wasn't, but I was intrigued and I was studying energy practices. She'd been doing her work and wrote her books well before that. But I remember reading her book when I was much younger and thinking, this is really interesting stuff. In the late 90s, early 2000s, I was really getting my feet wet, you could say, being an energy healer and noticing how intuition really enhanced it and informed that practice. And I would say that's true of just about every energy healer out there. It's like your intuition starts to grow exponentially. Medical intuition is something more refined. It's more directed and focused, I guess you could say that. Uh, and when I heard Carolyn May speak and got her books and listened to her recordings and all that jazz, I thought, oh, this is what I'm doing. I wonder if I can expand on it. <laughs> And that was actually seeing into the body, not just seeing the energy field, which is a great deal of what energy practice is, 
but also seeing the anatomy and physiology of the body intuitively and being able to query in a very directed way what is going on and what the body is asking for. I'm curious, though, you mentioned you were an energy practitioner. Can you give us a couple of actual modalities? What were you practicing in the energy field? Well, I started out in Reiki, as many do. Reiki is a phenomenal healing modality, when really one of the originals that came through the U.S., I think you could say. I'm not an expert, but I think you could say that. Became a publicly known. And I also studied other forms of energy healing, uh, some that actually didn't have a specific name. But I do have my own modality that I've kind of created out of many different practices and things that I've developed over the years called biofield balance energy healing. That is separate from medical intuition, and I keep it separate from medical intuition. And I will make a distinction here for your audience, and that is that I keep energy healing and the modality of actually affecting the biofield or even affecting the body separate from medical intuition, which is a really a purely assessment process. So these are two different things, and many healers overlap them, but uh, the reason why I started to pull them apart early on, this is a good story, <laughs> is because when I was an energy healer, I noticed that sometimes my clients would come in again and again with the same issue. I would clean their energy and remove cords and you know other things, as many healers understand that nomenclature, you know, you, you clear the energy field. But they'd come back for their next session with all that stuff back in place. And I kept thinking, I wonder why that is. Some people could let it go and it never came back. But some people would have this sort of recurring issue. Very common. I think most energy healers, or actually healers of all kinds, understand this. And as I developed that intuitive inner sight where I could actually see into the workings of the body, and not only that, I could see into the life history of the client so that I could see the origin. You know, everybody talks about root causes, Andrea, but what does that mean? <laughs> From the intuitive perspective, root causes is really at the bottom where things generated from. And I thought, well, what if I take a look intuitively first before I do any healing? What if I see what is the body telling me? What is it showing me? What is it asking for? Where did this thing come from and how to let it go? How to release this whole thing? So I asked my clients this time, hey, do you think I could just do an assessment first? I won't put my hands on. I won't do any of this stuff. I won't put, you know, wave my hands around. And they said, sure. And I was able in like an hour session to give them so much information that was so helpful to them to understand what was going on physically, emotionally, spiritually, life history kind of thing that they came out of that session and they said, that was amazing. No one's ever said anything like that. No one's ever showed me that whole line of how things could have manifested. And then when I went to do my energy healing, they were letting go of things like I could not believe. The healing process there was much more profound. What I also found was that my modality may not be the right one for them. <laughs> That's saying a lot, right? What if what I do Maybe there's something that would work for them a little better. Maybe their body would respond to acupuncture or, you know, some other kind, shamanic healing or healing touch or something, you know. And so I was able to ask, query the body, what do you want? And never mind what I got, what do you want? And that really shifted the conversation for me in terms of what this skill is about. From there, I found doctors calling me for, <laughs> for consultations on their challenging cases and it kind of grew from there. And I realized that the name of this is medical intuition. And that came from the tradition that Carolyn Mason, Dr. Norm Sheely, really put a frame around and bless them for that because it is a field that is not really well understood. It is often mixed in with other things. And when you start to pull it apart, you really see the value and the power of it. That was a very long-winded answer to your question. <laughs> well, I just thought it was just phenomenal, though, I have to say. And I want to uh, touch on one thing. You know, you said a few minutes ago about how when we work with energy, we'll often begin to have our intuition develop. I believe you said that kind of early on. And that's what I've seen. That happened with myself. I have students, you know, that I teach. And it, it just, in the speed with which 
this develops can be like lightning for people. What is your take on why that happens? You know, somebody can just maybe take a short Reiki class, you know, over a couple of days. And at the beginning, they don't really get much. And a day, two days later, they're seeing spirits and, you know, all kinds of this. (laughs) What is it that happens? What's your idea about that? Yeah, you know, I'm not an expert in that kind of thing. But I can tell you that the use of intuition, I can just really underline what you say. I've noticed it too. And what's wonderful about teaching this work is that students, there's a learning curve with it, definitely. My program is one year, you know, and there's tons of practicum in it. Uh, so people have to actually do the work. But once they are done with the process in my program, uh, they are reading at, I would say, a three to five year level. Now, my class is rigorous in that regard. Even if you just kind of start to meditate and run some energy through your hands or, you know, do things like that or get a Reiki initiation, it's wonderful how our intuition expands. I don't know the mechanism of it. I have never looked at it. Such a good question, but I've seen it for myself. It's almost like you grow extra antenna or something. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Something definitely happens. So I think it's kind of cool you don't have an actual answer because for me, some of the mystery of this keeps me interested. You know, uh, we don't have all the answers for sure. You mentioned your program is a year and oh, that's just got me so interested in that and attracted to that because another thing that I see and, you know, maybe we can touch more on this later is as a lot of us are awakening to our intuition, there's no manual, there's no rule book. <laughs> and as you were, there we are offering a session to someone. And then here comes this information. You know, we might see things, hear things, you know, all the clairs and all of that, those senses. But we don't have training about what to do with that. And this is where I was with it, too. And so we're trying to figure it out along the way without guardrails and structure and, and guidance. And when you explain how your program's a year, Oh, I just, there's something about me that just sounds really good. I think we need more instruction when we're out there in practice. Well, I can speak to that. The reason I put my program together is because I couldn't find a school that taught specifically medical intuition at the level that I wanted to learn and train at it. So I knew I was professional. I was working as a professional medical intuitive for over 20 years from this point backwards. So I was already doing the work, but I wanted to offer something to the wellness professionals uh, after reading client after client after client who says, I can't get any help from Western medicine, or they've told me there's nothing wrong, but I really don't feel right. And all of these kinds of clients, which medical intuitives typically get, I realized that if I could teach the doctors and the nurses something that this skill set that they could use with their patients, what a paradigm shift for medicine. I mean, really. And when I looked into it and I started putting it out there to the nursing community first, there was a very positive response because they said, well, we would really love this because we've already kind of intuitively do many of them do it anyway. They're very intuitive. And it turns out there's over 30 years of research on nursing intuition, very informal It's not like anyone studied intuition, but nurses use it (laughs) and they're not taught how to use it. I thought I can teach you how to use it (laughs) and a very specific way that relates to healthcare issues. So to get back to your question is I started working with the nurses and they said, we want something that makes sense to our education, to our practice. I said, okay. So what that meant for me was creating a program that their training could align with. And I was very pleased that it worked out. So what I wanted to create was something that would be taken seriously by the integrative and functional medicine community, where they would say, this is a legitimate training. It's not just a weekend course. It's not you read a book. It's not fly by night. This is a certification program. So when I looked into what that meant, it was quite rigorous. And in order to certify people through the practical path, you have to pass all those tests and do the work. And so I was very happy to do it. And the feedback I've gotten, and there's a lot of testimonials on the website, and these are from nurses, doctors, you know, healthcare providers of every kind have said this really fills the bill. 
for the right kind of training for this particular skill set. I sound like I'm bragging. I don't mean to. That's the feedback I've gotten back, which makes me feel that I'm on the right track. The other piece of this is ethics training. Healthcare providers are taught deeply in ethics. Energy practitioners are usually not. And that's a big missing piece in the energy practitioner field. Now, so in my program, they have to take ethics training. Uh, They also have to do anatomy training, even though some of them might have it already, because if you're medical intuitive, you have to know what a liver is supposed to do, (laughs) how it looks, and what its function is. So this is a very comprehensive, you could say, step-by-step method of learning medical intuition, I believe, at the highest level for practice, including ethical training, including physiology, anatomy, and all the rest of it. What about anyone who's interested in doing this? Can they take the training too, or do they need to be in the wellness field? I've created my program for people in the health and wellness field, but that's a very broad field. We do get a lot of interest from folks in the biofield practices that say, hey, can I do this? And the answer is yes. And (laughs) we recommend that you also have some sort of certification and practice in health coaching, nutrition counseling, fitness training, certainly yoga instructors, if they've done their, their 200 hours, they do qualify. So there's a lot of information on the website about qualifying fields, and we're here to help. Many people who are so fired up about this and really want to study with me will go and get their coaching certification and work in that field a little bit. And the reason is we want to legitimize medical intuition in healthcare. And there are more and more fields that are legitimized by the National Institutes of Health. Certainly any licensed practitioner or certified practitioner in various fields. So we want to expand that, but we are limited slightly by the fact that this program really is pitched towards that. Now, that said, I do have other programs. Uh, One of them is for everyone and anyone who just wants to try practicing this on themselves so that they can create that mind-body connection. They can create that dialogue, talk to their own liver, find out what their liver wants. And that's called Medical Intuition for Healing and Self-Care. It's a self-study program, so anyone could take it at any time. And it's also a really good precursor. It's not a prerequisite, but it's a good precursor to the main program because you learn how to use that mind's eye visual skill set that I use and that I train people in for uh, medical intuition. Because frankly, Andrea, I want to see what's going on. I want to see it. I want to be able to see it and not guess or into it in any other way. (laughs) Yes. And I'm wondering now, can you share as a practitioner, as a medical intuitive, what is it like? Can you give us an example of a, a session, how it might go? Absolutely. The example I like to use is in the book. Uh, it's a, a client I had maybe 10, 15 years ago. She came to me with uh, an issue with tendonitis in her wrist. Now, This woman was in her 40s, successful businesswoman. Uh, This issue showed up out of the blue for her. She had no idea how it got there. And she'd had it for about a month. Now, tendonitis isn't, you know, a life-threatening issue. And we know that sometimes, especially if it's in the wrist, you use your wrist all the time. So sometimes it takes a while for it to go away. But she told me that all the interventions that she tried, you know, everything, she even went to her acupuncturist, nothing was working. And she wanted me to look at it. So... I'll explain as we go how I do my work. As I said, I use that visual intuitive sense, mind's eye intuition, you could call it. Uh, the clair for it is clairvoyance. That's sort of the technical woo-woo word. <laughs> that word has a lot of stigma to it, so I don't generally use it, but that is the skill set. I looked at her wrist, and that's the first thing I do. I look at the physical body. And what I saw in her wrist was the inflamed tendons. It was pretty obvious. But underneath the tendons, I also saw a healed fracture. So it looked like a little scar in the bone. And that's what I was seeing there. Now, at this point, I have a dialogue with the body part, really the body and the body part. And I say, what is this? Where did it come from? What do you want to show me? And very often, in fact, always, what I see is what looks like a little movie of their life, (laughs) right? Where it began. And it showed me an image of her 20 years or so earlier in her early 20s, playing tennis with her boyfriend. She went to swing her racket 
And she tripped on the tennis court and she fell right on that wrist and she broke it. And that was where that fracture, that scar, that bone fracture, that was where that came from. Now, there's more to see. There's always more to see. And so what I saw was she was in the hospital. Her boyfriend took her to the hospital and she was getting her wrist taped up and, you know, it was in the ER. And he breaks up with her right there in the hospital room. And what happened in her wrist was that the physical trauma of the fracture plus the emotional trauma of the breakup embedded itself right in that wrist. Now, what's interesting here, first of all, that's interesting, (laughs) that our bodies do this, and they do. Our bodies will hold on to physical, emotional, mental, spiritual trauma, and it will manifest things later sometimes. And so that was what was happening. But before I could say another word, she said, oh, I remember that. (laughs) And then she took a beat and she said, well, guess what? Her partner, who she'd been with for over 10 years, had just broken up with her. And I said to her, well, when did that happen? She said, a month ago, just before the tendonitis flared up. That's what happens. Our bodies will re-experience things that are not resolved, or it will react to things that are not resolved. Now, why I like to tell this particular case study is because her wrist had more to show me. And what it showed me was an an image from her long ago past when she was five years old. I saw her in a dark closet. There were clothes around and she was holding that same arm up with that wrist for protection in front of her face. And a cane was striking her right at that same spot. And it looked like it was wielded by a mother figure and it was very violent. And she stopped me and she said, oh, I know exactly what this is. (laughs) She said, my mother was mentally ill and she used to beat me with her cane and lock me in a closet. Now, she remembered this. Often clients won't. And, you know, you're, you're seeing things that, you know, are lost to memory, but the energy is still active. What her wrist was showing us was a lifetime of trauma, emotional and physical trauma right here in that same spot. And her body was reacting to it. That was the reading. Now, what I do after that, you know, before we end, is I say, okay, body, what do you want? (laughs) How can we fix this? What do you want? Emotionally, physically, spiritually, whatever. And her body showed me that she was having some sleep problems and digestive issues that come along with this sort of stress. But mostly it looked like she was unable to, or she hadn't yet, express the emotions of this heartbreak, the recent heartbreak. And I told her what I saw, and that was it. And two days later... (laughs) She called me and she said, it's gone. (laughs) What happened? She said, well, that reading was very potent because it let her understand that she needed to start to process the emotions of the breakup. She really felt she was doing that. And as she did it, the wrist lightened up and lightened up until the pain went away. Now, that's sort of miraculous, but not really when you think about the trajectory of the logic, not from our own minds, but the logic from our bodies. Isn't that interesting? That is. It's its own intrinsic way of dealing with things. Yeah. Now, would that fall in the category of cellular memory or is that different? Yeah. No, I would say so very much. And that could very well be a good word for what I was accessing was cellular memory. There's a lot of research on this. I'm sure you know uh, from the psychology field uh, when it comes to adverse childhood experiences. Um, mostly they deal with things that happen in childhood, traumas like the one my client had. But guess what? We have adult adverse experiences <laughs> that affect our energy all through our lifetimes. And so relegating it only to childhood trauma, although I understand the reason for that, it can cause later life health imbalances. You can see it all the way back. But there's things all along the line, too, in our lifetimes that can really tip a balance for us. So that's where medical intuition ideally can come in, assess and explain and give information from the body and the energy's perspective. Hi, it's Andrea. When I discover something that works for me, I really want to tell others about it. And after researching, I found Healthy Line mats back in 2018. I still love both my mats, and I have a sweet deal if you decide that you want to try them out. Healthy Line's innovative PEMF and far infrared mats are a game changer for our self-care. Picture this, natural gemstone heat therapy. 
incorporating five therapies in one mat, PEMF, heat, far-infrared, negative ion, and photon light, all working in harmony to rejuvenate your body from the inside out. Plus, they have an array of products in various sizes for targeted benefits and budgets. Revolutionize how you take care of yourself and your family. If you still aren't sure, how about this? Take up to 90 days to ensure your satisfaction, risk-free. Join the ranks of over half a million satisfied customers who have experienced the Healthy Line difference. And here's that sweet deal. Save 10% and get free shipping in the continental U.S. when you check out and enter a special code. Here it is, MREIKI. 10S. That's M-R-E-I-K-I 10S. Your wellness journey begins now. Inspired by nature, perfected by science. I have to ask this. What about past life influences? Does that come up in your sessions? Without question. It's not part of the main program, but I do teach master classes, and this is a very important piece of it. Past lives are fascinating to look at. But I will say this about past lives as important as they are in understanding like the whole trajectory of an issue, we really want to deal with it in the present life. Uh, because if we don't assimilate what the information is into our present life, it's not as useful, I would say. Right. I would imagine, though, if that comes up, it's starting to get a bit (laughs) woo-woo. It's all woo-woo. Well, it is, but I'm just trying to understand the process here. So if a doctor reaches out, you said doctors call, right? Uh, And so they might say, I have this patient, you know, I don't, you could fill in the blanks here, but then they come to you and then you start talking to them about, oh, this when you were three and oh, well, by the way, I'm seeing this other lifetime and all. How does that get received? Does the doctor hear that? And then how does that get received? (laughs) Well, mostly I work with clients, but I do often work with referrals from doctors. So they become my client. They're the doctor's patient. And sometimes we will consult with the, you know, the client's permission and Uh, That's another extra consult with the doctor about what we saw and all that. I've got some interesting information to share with you about this in a moment. Remind me. But here's the thing. The doctors that I have worked with over the years are open to this. Uh, They want to know. There is more interest now than there was certainly 10 years ago and without question, 20 years ago. And I expect there will be more interest 10 years from now. One of the things that I have been working on to help bring medical intuition into hospitals and clinics is an organization which your listeners can certainly take a look at called the National Organization for Medical Intuition. I'm the president and our board is made up of medical intuitives, professionals, and we are looking to bring professional medical intuition into healthcare. So we're just starting this and please go to the website, knowmemedicalintuition.org, Nomi National Organization for Medical Intuition, uh, and take a look at our materials. We've done some research. Uh, one of the first things we did was a little study to find out how many professional medical intuitives work with licensed healthcare professionals. And we found, and this is unprecedented, nobody even thought to ask this question before, we found that 82% of professional medical intuitives that we surveyed and we surveyed 75, and we had a list of over 300, almost, almost 400, that responded. We'd love more responses, by the way. You can still participate in that survey. We found that 82% work directly with licensed healthcare professionals for medical intuitive services. That's astounding. <laughs> Nobody knew that. Doesn't surprise me. I've worked under the radar with doctors for two decades, you know. So let's bring this into the light. We also found out that 86% receive referrals, which again, not surprising from my perspective, but I have talked about this at integrative health conferences and people are kind of shocked. (laughs) I'm like, look, we've been here all along. How about some acknowledgement and let's bring this out of the shadows. So when you ask about woo-woo, I will say that right now, Even though it's still not accepted in Western medicine, there's more of an opening for it because, in the United States anyway, 
acupuncture and Chinese medicine, which uses energy meridians, okay? This is energy, <laughs> is more accepted in, in integrative healthcare. Energy practices, there's more research on them than ever before. And there's more people talking about this as a legitimate alternative, so to speak, or integrative function for supporting healthcare. Look, even placebo is considered valid by Harvard Medical and other major universities who are studying this. So it's like the skepticism that we saw how many years ago, Andrea, is, is starting to fade. And I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I have such hope that this is growing and growing. I believe it is for sure. You've completed some research, Wendy, that was quite groundbreaking. Uh, can you explain what that is and, and where it's even published, uh, which was quite remarkable? Yes, thank you. When I looked into the literature, because <laughs> this is me going, okay, how do we prove this thing could work? There wasn't much. And unfortunately, I'd say over the last, really since the late 70s and sometime in the early six, the mid 60s too, there have been people who've been interested in this and they've studied it here and they've studied it there, usually very small studies. The designs were a little faulty sometimes because when you say, well, can you do this to somebody? Are you a medical intuitive? Everybody's coming from all these different backgrounds and levels of training and frankly, levels of skill. So there wasn't really a good way to say, here's a skill set. Can we test it? So I started noticing, of course, that my students were coming out with these absolutely phenomenal results and accuracy levels. And I thought, why don't we test this? Because everybody's been trained in this one system and skill set. So I thought, why not do it? There's not enough research. So uh, with some colleagues at, um, with a colleague at University of California, San Diego, we created what's called an exploratory, a qualitative study, where we put my students and self-selected participants together. So how this went was uh, we had 67 people from the community in San Diego who said, I want to participate. Some of them were patients at UCSD Medical, which was nice. Some were at Scripps Cardiac Treatment Center, which, where I was doing some teaching. We just said, let's do it. We had five of my graduates. We did as blinded a session as we could. In other words, the medical intuitives always have their eyes closed, so we're not looking at them physically anyway. We'd never do a health intake, uh, so we wanted to have what we call cold readings. The participants after the session filled out a, a survey, and that's where we got our data from. And there was no back and forth, no talking. It was just the medical intuitive doing a reading and saying what they were observing. What we received from those uh, surveys was 94% accuracy in the medical intuitive's ability to locate and evaluate the participant's primary health issue. That's a phenomenal number. Uh, it's never been seen before. We also saw, believe it or not, 100% accuracy, which is one of those numbers that's like, what? 100% accuracy in secondary health issues and the evaluation of that. We saw 98% accuracy in the description of the life history that I mentioned earlier, 98% accuracy for the participant. And one of the other things that we saw, which I think is amazing, is we asked the participants if they had a known diagnosis from their doctors for their health issue. And if so, how consistent was the medical intuitive with what they understood to be going on? And again, we don't diagnose at all. We just say we describe what we see. And that description was what they were checking the accuracy on. They said 94% consistent with their understanding of their medical diagnosis. Now that's a figure that Western medicine goes, tell us more. <laughs> that research was published in the Journal of Integrative and Complementary Medicine, which is, again, the first research published on medical intuition in over 20 years. So I'm very, very proud of that. And I'm also proud to say, remember I said there's something I wanted to talk about, that I, I'm partnering with a very well-known, and I can't talk about it yet because it hasn't come to fruition quite yet, uh, but we're really close to it, organization, a research organization that wants to do what I consider our next step, which is putting doctors, patients, and medical intuitives together so that we can see the value that might come from that interaction for the doctors and for the patients. So that's our next step, and hopefully that research will get going this year. 
please check the Practical Path website because I'll be putting uh, notes on there <laughs> as soon as we get funded and the rest of it. Well, Wendy, I've got goosebumps as you talk about that. <laughs> I Literally, I do. Uh, that is so exciting to think about. Uh, wow. Because as you were talking, I was thinking about doctors diagnosing things, misdiagnosing things, oh, and prescribing drugs and treatments that might not even be in alignment with what the patient really needs. And with your story about the woman with tendonitis, all she needed to do was tune in to herself and and allow some processing. There, there's no prescription drug. There's no CAT <laughs> scan or MRI or x-ray. There's none of that. No physical therapy. What I'm doing is I'm thinking about the traditional model. You know, if I went to the doctor and had tendonitis, the path that I would be going down to try to find relief and get this thing to go away. And then in contrast, what you shared. I think that the potential here could just revolutionize modern medicine. It's astounding. I'm with you. And it is a missing piece. Uh, It's a missing piece, certainly in traditional Western medicine. And frankly, I think it's a missing piece in integrative and functional medicine as well. It really, when when people talk about root cause, I just shake my head. I'm like, that's not the root cause. The root cause is much deeper than that. And whether or not it's emotional or spiritual or mental or physical, Western medicine can only see through that lens. And that's really the case when I say this. And all of these modalities are phenomenal. Western medicine, look, it saves lives, okay? That drug or that surgery or that treatment, that can save a life. So can Chinese medicine. has been doing that for 5,000 years. So can Ayurvedic medicine. So can energy medicine has all of these wonderful things to it and any healthcare modality really that is of value. However, every one of those, my dear, and to your listening audience, this is really the message I have. Every one of those modalities that we love and you know go to or we don't or whatever, they all look through a lens and that lens is a bias because all you can see is through that particular education that you've had and practice that you've had. Is it valuable? Of course it's valuable. But this is why I consider medical intuition to be a foundational skill set that supports any kind of healthcare. Whether you're an energy healer or a surgeon, this particular skill set can support it, can enhance it, can give you even more information. So I encourage any healthcare practitioner to look into this because of the value. Now, we also have to work our ethics. There's a very good book I'd draw your audience to. It is required in my program. It's called Practice Energy Healing in Integrity by Midge Murphy, who's a PhD and also an energy healer herself. And she's written the kind of, I would say, the gold standard book on ethics. And again, for the energy folks, that's a bit of a missing piece. For the medical people, it's not. That's my perspective. This is a foundational skill. It stands alone or you can integrate it. However you use it, use it. (laughs) It'll get more information for you and for the patient. And that's what people come to me for as a medical intuitive for a session. They want to know what's going on and what next steps to take. And medical intuition, when it's done right, again, no diagnosis, no prognosis, and no prescription because that's not my licensure. What I can do is help the client find a path to wellness and health and well-being on all those levels, not just physical, even though that's the main thing people come for, all these other pieces that play in. I had this interesting visual in my mind when you were talking, and it's almost like we open the silverware drawer. (laughs) That's kind of how I'm seeing this because we're opening the silverware drawer and there's all the different types of silverware in there, tools, right? And when you need a knife, a spoon's just not going to do. And so the medical intuitive helps the, the person know which of those tools do I need a fork or spoon or, you know, a whisk, maybe, who knows, for this. And so perhaps a patient gets a diagnosis. I'm going to back up because medical intuition really can be meaningful and valuable really at any stage, I would imagine. 
So someone who just has a symptom, they could have a session and find value in what comes through. But if they've gone to a doctor or a medical professional and received a diagnosis, perhaps then they can come at that point to better understand and see, is that accurate? Further down the line, what treatment does the body want? So it's like at every stage we can check in, but underlying it all is this wisdom of the body that we've just been not hearing. That's very true. So it's like a return to this listening of the the wisdom of the body, which is incredible. You said it. The workshop that I mentioned, the self-study course is really all about that. It is for anyone and everyone to start opening that dialogue between their mind and their body. We talk about mind-body, right? What does that mean, right? (laughs) Most of the time it means deep breaths and calm the vagus nerve and do your meditation. That's wonderful. And the body loves it. And the mind and spirit love it too. But what about finding out what that pain, you know, in your wherever, (laughs) what the body's trying to tell you with that very specific issue? We can do that. And I enjoy very much training people in this because it's such a fabulous self-care tool. That's how I work with my own body. That's how I work with my doctors. They know I'm a medical intuitive, most of them. (laughs) And I'll say, you know, I'm just intuiting something here. And I'd really like you to follow up with whatever you do, you know, you're testing so that we can get an answer. Listen, think about it. If you were a doctor, what most doctors can have challenges with, compliance, patient compliance. Well, that's no surprise. Doctor says, take this, do that. You know, we're all rebels at some point, or if we don't really want to take that or do that, we won't. So what does that mean? That's what we're hoping to find out uh, with this research I mentioned earlier, because when people come to me, they say, you know, I don't want to do that. What else? Well, I can't prescribe, but I can tell you what your body's asking for. Take this to your doctor. Have your doctor say, hey, you know what? Chinese medicine might be a really good option here. Let's try it or whatever it is. I love doing that because not only does it help the client, it also helps the doctor understand uh, maybe a little more about what's going on for their patient. Yeah, because we might actually think or assume that we need all the healthcare people to buy into this, you know, that that's the way in. But maybe the real key here is the patients themselves walk in the door and say, well, you know, my medical intuitive told me this, and there's no getting around that if their <laughs> patients come in and they are saying this. So to me, that's a, a call to action for every listener of this podcast that's thinking, yeah, that sounds really wonderful. I would love to have my doctor do that. Well, you know what? You've got power in this. <laughs> and so that's what I would say. You said the right word. My job as a medical intuitive and how I train my, my students is that our job is to empower the client. That, that's it. We want to give them information they can take to their doctors. They can understand for themselves. They can find the help that they are wanting and needing. And that's how we move this field forward, frankly. The National Organization for Medical Intuition, obviously, we're going to try to do this at the hospital and clinic level, at the doctor level. And we're working on it and we're finding some very good response for this. We're in early stages, so we want to we wanna get more people involved. So please go to the website and find out more there. But the point there is, is that it can be, and it usually is, a grassroots kind of patient-based request. And I'll be honest with you, when I wrote my book, I looked into how have mind-body practices permeated our society, our culture? And 40 years ago, these were not that well-known, were they? (laughs) To find an acupuncturist might have been your town, might have been a little bit, I don't know, or to even think about going to yoga or doing daily meditation. Nowadays, and certainly the generations uh, that have come through over the last, I'd say, 50, 60 years, this is what is wanted and needed. It's why Western medicine has had to even think about embracing meditation or mindfulness (laughs) or something or yoga. And thank goodness, because that's what people want. Yeah. And it all starts with you, one person. Yeah. And then just over and over and over. And then all of a sudden there's a movement there. 
You know, recently I went to the bookstore and I was just kind of wandering around and I found myself in the young adult section. I couldn't believe it. There were books on crystal healing. I mean, I got so excited. So the young people today, they're getting exposed to concepts that were completely unheard of. And not only that, this is really mundane and maybe odd, but I was at the store the other day and they've already put out the, uh, you know, all the back to school things. The designs, there was a folder for a school-aged child and it had this moon on it and crystals on the folder. <laughs> and I just thought, oh my gosh, we never had anything like that. You got you got to choose blue, green, red, or yellow, you know, for your subject. But just to see these ideas that a lot of us, you know, we're, we're interested in crystals or the moon phases or whatever it is, and these other topics, and to see it trickle into these other areas just as a consumer it's lovely. it is really something so what have you seen with the younger medical students uh, are you working with any of them yes oh it's been just a joy uh, one of the things i did uh, pre-covid hope to do again is i taught a component about medical intuition at the andrew weil center for integrative medicine and this was only to fourth year medical students and I taught that a number of years, and it was such a joy. These young people coming right out of medical school who are ready to start their residency, uh, residents and faculty were also invited to this, and they were so excited to hear that there was this the skill they could learn that could enhance their own professional practices. It was incredibly well-received. The thing I want you to know is that, again, you know, for the last 15 years, I've been speaking at healthcare conferences and speaking to fourth year medical students and speaking to very senior, you know, doctors and whatnot. And they get it. They get it because even though it's not taught in university, and I hope someday to create a curriculum for universities, uh, medical schools, is that intuition is a huge part of what they call the art of medicine. And if you're going from a purely algorithmic, which much of traditional medicine is right now, if it's A, then you do B and C and D, that kind of medicine, it doesn't fit with this paradigm <laughs> because we don't all fall into a cookie cutter. You know, human bodies are as varied as the human that is in them. So that kind of idea has started to take hold. Over COVID, we also saw, which I find really interesting, Andrea, that People in the healthcare profession were burning out, understandably, and they're looking for other ways to practice healthcare. And so I get a lot of people who said, I'm ready to change my focus, and I've been a nurse for 30 years or whatever, uh, and I see that there's more to it. That is really something, that they could shift gears like that and move in that. I never even thought about that. What I did think about, though, was you know, you brought up COVID and I'm wondering, did you see anything on the medical intuitive side that would explain or shed any light for us about how people reacted so differently to this, you know, their bodies? So some people would, you know, get severely sick, you know, even there were some young people that got severely sick, but some hardly anything at all. That was kind of a strange thing from my point of view was the huge variation between symptoms in just similar age groups. I don't know. Do you have anything that you observed that w might be related to that? Yes, I've had uh, many people over the last few years with what they call long COVID, where the Western medicine you know, as a whole, doesn't know what to do with it or how to deal with it. And really, those folks are going to, uh, you call integrative now, complementary, yeah, I guess is the word, or alternative ways of dealing with it so the body can, you know, regain its immunity and its immune system. So I don't have an answer as to why some people got it badly and some did not. I was one of the ones who got it badly. <laughs> oh. And that was interesting. 
And I had a little bit of a long COVID thing after that too for several months. And so I noticed how, how my own body reacted to it, my own body wanted for it. But that's not a across the board thing. Everyone's body is so different. And until I look as a medical intuitive, until I look at your body or anybody else's, I don't have an answer because if I did that, what would that mean? That mean that I was using some kind of algorithmic, if it's this, it must be that. This equals that. That whole way of thinking is the problem, in my opinion, with any kind of healthcare. There's never a this equals that. Now, there might be similarities and things that you see over and over again, sure, that you know something can help, potentially. But medical intuitives for generations have gotten the people that fall through those cracks. So what does that mean? That means that not only is there a percentage of the population where this does not equal that, why would we even look at it that way anyway? That's my question. So one of the pieces of research I'm really hoping to do, I'll just put this out there, is working with long COVID patients to see what that individual body is asking for. Maybe we can see some patterns. Maybe we can see something in the life history that would create an opportunity for that uh, kind of reactivity. Someone once asked me, do you ever not see a life history piece? And my answer to that is, I always see a life history piece. There is never not a life history piece. Even if you stub your toe, there's something going on in the energy field that is worth looking at, right? That may or may not be something the client goes, oh, I don't care about that, but it's worth looking at, right? That's my perspective. Boy, do I realize that that's not the perspective of pretty much anybody else in Western medicine, but I think most medical intuitives might agree with me on this. You know, what's interesting too, I really see the value in that. What I do is I call it the beginner's mind. I don't see clients anymore, but every time I would, I had a beginner's mind. I didn't care what happened last time or whatever, whatever came up. Every time they came in, fresh and new, approaching it brand new every time, because we never know who they are, you know, in that moment when when we show up. So I can really appreciate that answer. I'm kind of curious about the long COVID because, you know, I brought up the past life thing earlier. I'm wondering, you know, in past lives like bubonic plague and, you know, different things like that. I mean, maybe that influences some of these people, you know, and it triggers things in the here and now. I just find it so fascinating. Isn't it? All of it. That would be a good piece to add to the research. You know, if there's any past life influences that could have triggered the premise of medical intuition, which I usually talk about at the beginning of people interview, but I'll say it now because it's important. I've, we've already outlined it a number of times. And that is that the body holds information that is trauma or traumatic based forever. <laughs> we hold it until we can release it. So the body holds all this, not just physically, but emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And the bringing to awareness of this information is what can tip the balance toward health. That's a huge piece of this. That's why medical intuition is assessment-based rather than healing-based. Because I want to assess first, because sometimes just that information will cause, you know, for the client, a whole bunch of new awarenesses. And I put it in the book, one of my favorite I think it's the motto of medical intuition, although I'm not sure Dr. Dean Ornish would agree. (laughs) I spoke with his team when I used the quote, and that is, awareness is the first step in healing. And he loved the idea. He, He gave me permission to use it. And I think that's the key because what we don't get, generally speaking, from our practitioners, which is, I think, a big failing of Western medicine and other modalities as well, is we don't get enough information. That information, even though it might come through a bias or a lens, is still valuable. But medical intuitives can remove the lens entirely and just look and see what's going on and what the body wants the client to know. It's astounding. It is just so astounding to me. When I was seeing clients, I will say that I had clients that I knew they wanted to be involved in their process. They wanted actually to know what was going on. They wanted to be involved and it was part of their healing. So that that really makes sense to me. Sometimes we can think everybody just wants the magic wand. But I love that quote. I resonate with that. And when I read that in the book, it just 
oh, jumped off the page at me because <laughs> it's so true. I think we're here to wake up. We're here to become more aware. I love how medical intuition really does empower the person, the individual. I just think it's the beginning. And, and it isn't the beginning. You've been at this for so long. But I think we're at the dawn of where this is really the impact and revolution of modern medicine. I love that you're saying that. <laughs> and what I have seen is that light bulb go on over doctors' heads and, you know, so to speak. And when people hear this or they read the book or they hear me talk or something like this or they come and work with me or study with me, this is the paradigm shift in healthcare that I'm really hoping that a national organization and that my work and the research and that other medical intuitives, that we're, we're practicing correctly, we're practicing ethically, we are doing our work so that the Western world, so to speak, can understand the value, embrace it, and integrate it. And that's the goal. Honestly, that's the goal. I'm glad you understand it. And it's been just so delightful to talk about this with you. It has. It's been wonderful. And we, you know, we could go on and on because <laughs> a whole nother thing that we didn't even talk about was how this can be absolutely instrumental in the care and healing of uh, children who can't communicate well or people on the spectrum with autism and other sorts of challenges to communication. I can talk about that briefly. Sure. Many of my students, and again, they come from all sectors of healthcare, and some are practitioners who work with autistic children, or they work in hospice with people who are non-communicative or in some other, you know, mental state, people who work in mental health care as well, in all forms of healthcare. So these are fascinating areas for medical intuition. I have a student, I won't name any names, who is working with a family with an autistic child. And she calls me every so often and tells me about what's going on. I'm like, write that down. That is research for the ages. And hopefully we'll talk more about that. As a trainer, as a teacher, I don't teach that specifically, but the applications of what I can teach and what people learn and the applications of medical intuition are vast. They're vast. So much opportunity here for this. I'm really glad you brought this up. It's a subject that's very dear to me and that I hope we are able to expand into. Absolutely. Gosh, Wendy, I've just enjoyed this so much. The time really flew by. So, ah. <laughs> oh. So many new things to think about and hope, you know, I just keep coming back to that as we dive deeper into season four. I just find hope around every corner, every person I'm talking to and what a gift. And so thank you so much. And for all of our listeners who want to find out more about all of this and what you offer, let's tell them about your website because I think you have quite a lot there for them. Wonderful. The website is thepracticalpath.com. Uh, and there's a lot of information on there. There's information about the research, about the programs, uh, both programs, the medical intuitive training, which is that one-year program in two different levels. I teach live online, just like this, on Zoom. So we get people from all over the world. It's great fun. Uh, and there's information there about that program. There's also information about medical intuition for healing and self-care, and that will be launching soon. And when you see this, it might be launched already. And that is a, a self-study program. You can take it anytime. Uh, you'll have the opportunity to learn how to speak to your own body and how to listen to it <laughs> and learn skills and tools for that, as well as more information about medical intuition. There is the book uh, that you mentioned. Thank you. And for our audio listeners, it's Essentials of Medical Intuition, A Visionary Path to Wellness. There's also free meditations, guided meditations on the website and information in our blog and our newsletter. Please do sign up. Lots of fun stuff going on all the time. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Wendy, for joining us beyond the Reiki Gateway. My pleasure. Thank you. Before we wrap up, Remember to visit HealthyLine.com to select the mat with the mixture of crystals and therapies just right for you. Receive your discount and limited free shipping when you use special code MREIKI10S. That's M-R-E-I-K-I-1-0-1-0.
S. Thank you for listening. And you can check the show notes or visit the website beyondthereikigateway.com to find out more about the podcast and connect with me. Please keep in mind that views and opinions expressed in the show don't necessarily reflect those of the podcast or anyone affiliated with its production or advertising. This program is presented for your entertainment only, and all information provided is to be utilized at the listener's own discretion. I, along with the BTRG team, hope you enjoy the show as much as we enjoy making it for you. Wishing you highest blessings until we meet again beyond the Reiki Gateway.